Hey, hey, Phil, knock that off. We're about to start the podcast. That's my grab bag. Oh, a grab bag? Yeah, my grab bag of pre-election tidbits. Oh, I get it. So we have, what, five days until the election? It's hard to believe, yes. This will be your last chance to make up your mind for good and have us guide you through the process. We have now endorsed in every race except for one. We still have one candidate left coming in. Tammy Baldwin comes in tomorrow. She, had, she said she had like some sort of job to do in Washington, D.C. <laughs> and she couldn't make it back. Yeah, we did grant her uh, some license to come in late because she had a pretty good excuse, which was Senate was in session during the two weeks that we wanted to do the meetings. But we have endorsed today for Attorney General. We endorsed the incumbent Brad Schimmel, as we had done four years ago. And prior to that, on Sunday, we endorsed Tony Evers, the Democrat for governor, against Scott Walker. And today, the big grabby news... Right on the top of the grab bag. ...was, the, of course, the Marquette poll, the final poll. What are the results? Well, we'll talk about those results and everything else on this week's edition of Center Stage. The Wisconsin State Journal's political podcast from the Sensible Center of Wisconsin Politics. I'm Scott Milfred, the editorial page editor for the State Journal. And I'm Phil Hands. I'm the editorial cartoonist for the State Journal. And we are half of the State Journal editorial board. The better looking half. Let me reach into this bag and see what's right on top here. Pull something out of there. So what I have is the brand new results of the new Marquette poll. Oh, wow. That's That's right on top of the bag. (laughs) Wow. We should have done some door prizes, put some podcast listeners' names in the bag and pulled out. They could have got like a free Phil Hans calendar. Yeah, there's lots of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So what are the results? So the, the, the headline result is everything's all tied up. At least for the governor's race. That's old news. That's what they told us last time. And it hasn't changed. Wow. Yeah, so the, the, the big... It's even head- tighter, right? It's, it's even tighter. The headline on this is that it's 47% for Walker, 47% for Evers. They interviewed 1,400 registered voters. Around 1,100 of them said they were likely voters. And apparently it's split right down the middle exactly for Evers and Walker. And what was your theory on the uh, turnout... Well, so it's interesting because while it's split down the middle for likely voters, Scott Walker actually has a slight lead amongst registered voters. So that means of that small group of people who are registered but not likely to vote, more of them are going to support Scott Walker than support Tony Evers. So it makes me think that there's probably more energy on the left, and those people who say they're going to vote are are more likely to swing toward the left. Okay. And in uh, the U.S. Senate race, where are we at? We're, we're pretty much the same place there, too, right? Yeah, those numbers are... Uh, looks like Tammy Baldwin was up one percentage point from last time, and Leah Vukmir stayed the same. It's now 54% to 43%. That's a pretty big spread for yeah. this late in the game. Yeah, that uh, with a three percentage point margin of error for both of them, even if you took Tammy's down by three, she'd be at 51, and you put... Uh, Leah's up three. That she'd be at 46. Tammy still would have a decent lead. So you, you're not going to like that if you're uh, Leah Vukmir. The other kind of uh, statewide race that we're talking about here is attorney general, and that's tightening up a little bit yeah. um, just because I think people 
know who these candidates are a little bit more. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where 86% of the people didn't know who Josh Call was. <laughs> uh, and now he's polling at uh, 45% up against Brad Schimmel's 47%. Both Schimmel and Walker are sitting there at 47%. Yeah, for the first time in polling, people actually know Josh Call better than Josh Pate. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Josh Who's <Pate>? Josh? <laughs> Josh Pade was a also ran in the Democratic primary for governor. I think also ran is actually kind of kind. If you're call, you got to be feeling good about you're only two percentage points behind uh, the attorney general in this poll. However, I must say this poll was done before we endorsed Schimmel, Phil. With a very sound endorsement of Schimmel. <laughs> Basically, we, we picked him for his experience. Yeah. I mean, he's been doing this job for a while. He had decades of experience running the district attorney's office in Waukesha County. Yep. And Josh Call is smart as he is and engaging as he is does not have that kind of experience in running a big department. Yeah, and it was kind of like 30 years of experience versus three and a half. I'm exaggerating a bit because Josh also has been in uh, private practice. In any case, the, the good news for voters is the poll does not decide the race. and You still have five days to, to vote. And it's worth remembering that last time around in 2016, the final Marquette poll, that had showed Hillary Clinton at 46% compared to 40% for Trump. And a week later, when they counted the votes, Trump had 47% and Hillary Clinton at 46 and a half. It was a pretty close race. But they, they nailed Hillary Clinton's numbers. Yeah. They nailed them. It means every person who was basically undecided in that poll swung for Trump at the last minute. In that same Marquette poll two years ago and just before the votes were counted, former U.S. Senator Russ Feingold was at 45% just ahead of sitting U.S. Senator Ron Johnson at 44%. And when the votes were counted a week later, less than a week later, Johnson won 50% to 47%. Okay. So that one changed a little bit. There were a lot more undecided voters that time around. There are 3% in this race right now. No, actually, no. There are 3% who said they're going to vote for Libertarian candidate Phil Anderson. And and that seems legitimate because Phil Anderson got three percentage points. He got 3% when he ran for U.S. Senate yeah, so back in 2016. So that might actually hold. Undecided is 1%. Yeah, wow. That is, I mean, everybody knows Scott Walker. Everybody has an opinion about Scott Walker in this state right now. And, and 1% of respondents refused to answer. So there's not a lot of swing in there. This poll, at least for governor, has changed so very little over now a month, two months. And tens of millions of dollars have been spent by people trying to persuade them, and in the end, we're kind of right back where we were with a super close race. Isn't that how elections usually go, though, Scott? I mean, <laughs> I don't know that there's many that are this close in the polling right up to And change this little? I guess you could say, well, two months ago, Tony Evers was up supposedly, what, five percentage points? Something like that. But then a month ago in the Marquette poll, Walker was up one percentage point, and now uh, Tony Evers picked up a percentage point to tie him at 47-47. One of the other things that was interesting about this poll, they asked voters what issues were important to them. Among likely voters, 25% say the most important issue is health care. 20% say the most important issue is K-12 education. 20% say jobs in the economy. And 12% say roads. The people that say the economy is the most important, along with jobs, they're breaking pretty big for Walker. It's like 70% are breaking for Walker in that one. Yeah, and on the roads... They tend to be 
slightly leaning towards Evers. I was surprised he didn't have more of an edge there. And on healthcare, Evers got a slight lead. And on, and education, on education, he's got a big lead on Yeah, education. and that's probably not surprising given that he's the superintendent of state schools. Yeah. Ah, right, let's head back to the bag. So. Dig to the bottom this time. Don't just take okay. what's on the top. Okay. Yeah. I'm digging to the bottom of the grab bag here. And here's one. Oh, this one says Trump. Uh, we're going to talk about Donald Trump? We're going to talk about Donald Trump. That's all anybody ever talks about. And I, I know, and that's exactly <laughs> why we're going to talk about him. Because as this is not my first uh, statewide election that I've been covering as a, as a cartoonist and, a, and a, an editor of letters and stuff like that. But I will say that it seems like Trump is still dominating all of our news cycles, even yeah. here. Even, even though we have this really competitive race here, we've got you know a competitive race for Senate, and this the Attorney General race is is very close, and people seem to be really interested and motivated about voting. But it still seems to all be about Trump. And I remember in previous years, you know, whatever Walker or Mary Burke said, those those going to dominate the news cycle here for at least a day or something like that. And it seems like all of all of the comments about this local governor's race are getting pushed back further and further into the people's uh, consciousness. Yeah, it's one thing if, like, when Trump came and visited Mosinee last week, of course that's going to be a big story. But he's on the front page almost every day for some reason. It's hard not to cover it. So, for example, when he said yesterday or the day before, I don't think we need to have birthrights for citizenship, that if you're born here, that doesn't mean you should be a citizen, even though that is precisely what the Constitution says. <laughs> but he seemed to think in an interview that he could do it as an executive order. Yeah. Well, surprise, surprise, he brought this up two years ago, just before the election then, too. So he's doing some of this stuff strategically, I think, to rally the Trump base to fire them up, but it's front page news and everybody's talking about it because, you know, he is the president and he did say it. Maybe I'm wrong about this, but I think Trump embodies the Republican Party more nowadays and his base is so key to electoral victory that maybe that's why he's always it seems to be driving these news cycles. I don't remember the same thing going on when Obama was president. I don't think he was so integral to the to the Democrats' success. I guess they failed a lot while he was president, too. So He's Mr. Ratings, and he's outlandish. And even today, like you were saying, he was he was ripping in a tweet on Paul Ryan, right? Yeah, because Paul Ryan said, yeah, the Constitution says you can't, you know, that's not how our Constitution is set up to just, you know, presidents can't just strip parts out they don't like. And then Trump's reaction was, hey, don't talk about stuff you don't know. Yeah, I know all about the Mr. Constitution. Mr. Speaker, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it's dominated by that. I don't know that... Um, you know, is somebody going to pick Scott Walker uh, or not pick him based on Donald Trump? Some people are. But I think what what Trump's trying to do there is to get some of his people out who like him, yeah. whether or not they're big fans of Walker or not, because if they turn out, they're not going to support Tony Evers. Let's uh, dive back yeah. into this bag here. Go ahead. So this one is something that Charlie, this is something that Charlie Sykes said at a, at a Rotary meeting in Madison that I was at uh, earlier this year. Former... Uh, talk radio Milwaukee conservative talk radio from host. Milwaukee, yeah. who uh, is no longer. He's never Trumper. And is something of a, a well-known, yeah, anti-Trump conservative commentator now. And he said something which I thought was absolutely true, which turns out, at least, at least if these polls can be accurate, is absolutely wrong, which is he said nobody's going to vote for Tammy Baldwin and Scott Walker. Yeah, you're a good point. The, the, it looks like people are doing that. Yeah, he says, we're so tribalized nowadays. People are so set in their ways. Nobody's going to vote. 
and say, I'm gonna, I, like, I like what Tammy Baldwin's doing, and I like what Scott Walker's doing, and I'm going to vote for both of them. But according to these polls, a bigger percentage than I ever thought possible is actually doing that. Yeah. If the polls stayed the way it was, it's, it's conceivable Walker could sneak out with a win, and Tammy would walk away with a win, a big win. Yeah. Isn't that bizarre in our, in our highly partisan, polarized era? The only thing I would say about that is, do you suppose it's a coincidence that both Walker and Tammy Baldwin have way more money than their opponents and are spreading their message in mailers and especially on TV and radio way more often than their opponents? I mean, uh, they get to speak more than others do, so maybe that's the explanation. I'm not sure it's coincidence, Scott. The other thing, uh, they're both incumbents, so people know who they are more than the people running. I think incumbents always have an advantage. But you're right, it, it's kind of nice, actually, that uh, it's nice we're, to think we're that, not so tribal, maybe. Yeah, um, and maybe part of it is maybe Leah Vukmir is just a, an unpopular candidate. Maybe she hasn't resonated with people the way... She'd hope to. Her unfavorable numbers are pretty high, according to this latest poll. And she's never run statewide before. Tony Evers has run and won three times statewide. So people do know who he is in a way that Leah Vukmer, okay, she was in leadership and she sat on joint finance. But how often did her name come up before she ran for this seat? Not yeah. all that often. Certainly not as often as somebody like Tony Evers. Well, let me reach back yeah, into reach this back bag. In. Oh, it says what zingers. This, this says this says quotable candidates. <laughs> I thought it said zingers. Well, you're looking at the wrong sheet of paper there, Scott. <laughs> Wasn't a zinger a uh, chocolate and vanilla cream ch- sweet that you used to buy? Maybe Remember back, zingers? Maybe back in the 70s, yeah, Scott. Yeah, back in know. the good old days. Uh, all right, there are a few quotes we had in almost 30 candidates for so many candidates office and, and actually what's kind of sad is it felt like it's a lot of candidates but there were so many uncontested races at the same time that it should have been a lot more candidates yeah and there were just a couple comments that a couple candidates made that I thought was pretty sharp and that I I didn't want to just never come to light because yeah. we didn't use them in any way but there was one point when we were talking to uh, Tony Evers about how do we get more young people to come to Wisconsin? And oh, he, yeah. he brought up a really good point, which I hadn't quite thought of, which is he reminded us that his opponent, Governor Scott Walker, had canceled the 800 and some million dollars for the high-speed train between Madison and Milwaukee. Yeah. Then he noted that the governor and his uh, WIDIC, the Economic Development Corporation that the governor started, that they decided to try to lure young people here from Chicago. And where did they go to put their ads but on a train, commuter train, in the city of Chicago? And uh, Evers said, that's irony squared. Speaking of young That's a pretty good point. I remember, maybe this isn't a direct quote from Tony Evers, but, you know, he was talking about young people and his son has moved out of state. Oh, yeah. And he just sort of looked back and said, that pisses me off. That pissed me off, he said. (laughs) Yeah, when his son moved out of state. That was, uh, there was another swear, swear word that came out, the S word. Holy mackerel? No, not holy mackerel. Not from Tony Evers, from Chris Marion. Oh, Chris Marion, yeah. Who is a state Senate challenger uh, down in southwest Wisconsin. She's taking on incumbent Howard Markline. Do I have permission to swear on this podcast? Yeah, what the hell? Well, Chris Marion said, you know, she likes to get shit done. Yeah. (laughs) She had a funny thing, too. We were talking about it just so fit her personality. She's a farmer, right? And then she's got a bed and breakfast, 
very folksy person from southwest Wisconsin. I remember we were talking about road funding and people don't want to pay for roads, but they're mad that the roads are bad. And how are we going to pay for roads? And she says, we're really in a pickle. And I, <laughs> All I can think of, I guarantee you, she... She does pickles down in her basement. I bet she does. I would be yeah. shocked if she doesn't. You uh, know that I don't like pickles, Scott. What? Yeah, I don't like pickles. That is. What do you do with the Bloody Mary? Well, do you I, say hold the pickle? Yeah. Or don't yeah. you get Bloody Marys? Well, I just or start, you just take it out. I you just don't... started drinking Bloody Marys like last month, so it's. Uh, oh I haven't had very many yet in my life. What do you you just finally uh, hit the drinking age here or what? I usually just drink beer in the morning. A couple other things. There are a couple of Republicans who soliloquied a bit in ways that kind of made my eyes open a little bit. I was like surprised and pleased. And one of them was Travis Trannell when we were talking about immigration. Oh, yeah. And he just really spoke with passion about how these immigrants bust their butt, get up at three in the morning to help with the cows and other uh, farm work and that that's what the American dream is about. But there was also when we had Brad Schimmel in, usually the attorney general candidates are tough on crime and lock them up, right? I mean, that's at least the cliche They're the lawmen, you know? Yeah, and when we were talking about how he had started uh, one of the state's first drug courts in Waukesha County and that the number of drug courts had dramatically expanded while he had been an attorney general. And he said at one point, we're not going to arrest our way out of a public health crisis. Talking about opioids. And then when we, at one point he said, our prison population numbers are ridiculous. When's the last time you heard a Republican, a Republican in say, law enforcement? I mean, right now, uh, Governor Scott Walker is saying, well, Tony Evers wants to reduce the prison population in half. He'd let out all these crazy killers, which, of course, that's not what he's saying, but that's sort of the implication. But you got an AG basically saying that our prison population numbers are ridiculous. And by that, he means ridiculously high. Having a Republican attorney general working to reduce the prison population and reform our criminal justice system, I think that's a really strong attribute in a, in a candidate. All right, dig into that bag. Do we have anything left? I don't know. know. Let's see if there's anything in there. (laughs) Oh, what does this say? Predictions. Oh, predictions. Predictions. Well, what do you think, Phil? We've got, let's just say the the top three races. What do you think is going to happen there? I think Timmy Baldwin's going to win for Senate. I think that I feel the the safest saying that. That does seem (laughs) the likely outcome here is given that the poll hasn't really changed at all. Leah Vukmir would need a huge red wave, I think, to save her at this point. Or the polling is a joke. I have a prediction uh, in the other two races, which is that if Scott Walker wins, Brad Schimmel will win. And if Tony Evers wins, Josh Call will win. So you're going tribal there. I'm going tribal. Wow. Something in my gut tells me that Walker squeaks this out. Just barely. And that Schimmel then, of course, does too, and that Schimmel does even better. If Evers is going to win this, if Evers wins this race, it means a lot of Democrats came out to vote. Uh, the yeah. turnout was really high. Yeah, they and, did and, get that surge then. And if they get if they get that surge, I think they're going to click the box for Josh Call too. And if there isn't that surge, I think that Walker and and Schimmel will win this race. It's not possible for Walker and Josh Call to win. I don't think so. Because if Call wins, Walker definitely loses. I think the chances of Evers winning and Schimmel winning 
are better than the other way around. The well, end. get out there and vote, people. Yeah, prove us wrong. I don't often talk about uh, my personal life here, but uh, I think this election's starting to wear on me. I had a really bizarre dream last night. Uh-oh. Both Scott Walker and Ron Johnson stopped by my house for, like, as they were tailgating before the Badger game. Did they have a beer? Yeah, we sat and had a beer and had a really nice conversation. What kind of beer did they have? I don't remember. That was not clear. Hmm. I also remember that it was actually not my house. Oh, so it was like a neighbor house or? No, it was my house. Oh, but it was your house. But it wasn't actually the house that I live in. Oh, I see. Because dreams are weird. I think it's pretty clear, Phil, what that means <laughs> is that you really subconsciously wish you were a Republican, but can't pull it off. I can't pull it off. Well, it was, <laughs> it's always nice to have conversations with people that you have part, that you have uh, political discourse. And I couldn't get Walker to uh, to agree to like a, a five cent increase in the gas tax. He was just adamant that no, he was not going to do that. Were they slurring their words at all? Were they drunk? No, no, no. no. This was this was this was. You know, Walker seemed kind of sad. Like nobody wanted to hang out with him. Uh-huh. Like he was kind of stuck in the corner. And oh, you know, hey, here's Phil Hands, the guy who draws me without hair on my bald spot. Ron Johnson seemed to be having a good time though. He was just laughing it up and yucking it up with people. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, yeah, good Wisconsin guy. All right, well, but everybody had their clothes on, right, Phil? Oh, thank God, yes. <laughs> Find and follow our podcast, Center Stage with Milford and Hands, on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. All of the music on our podcast is by Tube Tester. To listen to past episodes of Center Stage with Milford and Hands, go to go.madison.com slash center stage.